Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, this is John from sunny California, and the reason I never listened to I Doubt It with Dollamore is because of Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show and thanks for joining us for this episode 109 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting directly across from me, the lady who never wants me to talk about her being in grad school because she doesn't want to seem like a whiner, Brittany Page. Uh, that's random. <laughs> well, I had it in my head. I was going to say something. Oh, she's super stressed out. Or how are you doing? And then I remembered you were like, hey, quit, quit talking about me being stressed out because it makes me seem like what? Like a like a grad student. Um. Yeah. Well, I just think people get sick of hearing about it and hearing <laughs> me complain about it. Well, you're not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm telling your tale to illuminate your plight it's it's kind of sideways bragging or something i don't know well it's kind of a fun thing i'm i'm doing my last big assignment here before i have spring break next week and i had to actually administer a bunch of psychological assessments on you yeah you did and then i had to interpret them and put them into this report and now I'm 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 working on all that so but that was fun for you yeah it was really fun it was so great (laughs) so it's kind of your grad school is a lot like my marine corps when whenever I say and I make a point of it to mention my my service in the United States marine corps Jesse was a marine everybody yeah and Brittany does that every single time your grad school we need to come up with something where I yeah, yeah, Brittany's in grad school. Okay, except for I'm not the one who's always bringing it up. You're the one who brought it up this time. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you just got told. I got fucking told. So last week, Brittany and I, that was a terrible transition. What are you going to do? I what wanna, are you going to do? I just want to say that right out, of the, right out of the gate. I need to be better at my segues. You can't always be perfect. Yeah, I guess I had nothing. God damn. We're not looking good. This is not not starting off well. If you're just tuning in (laughs) like you skipped ahead to just this part. No, I mean, if this is your first show. Oh, right, right, right. And you just this is the first episode you've ever listened to. A hundred nine. I would have you go back and (laughs) and no, this is not the top quality of our game or at least my game. Hmm. How dare you? But last week, I had a friend in town. They didn't come to see us. I just saw that they checked in somewhere on Facebook. And I hadn't seen this person for over two decades. Someone with whom I went to high school. 
they ended up moving before high school was over. So it's, you know, it was a lot of years, 24 years or so since I had seen this, this, this guy. And we had dinner, we had drinks and met his wife, his lovely wife. And they got to meet Brittany. And it was interesting because as we were talking and reminiscing about these high school moments, our freshman and sophomore years, that uh, we started talking about different people. And I had it in my head. I would be like, ah, I fucking hate that guy or whomever. Uh, these individuals that I still hold high school judgments of them, even though they're they're grown men and women now. Right. And I just... I had to check myself several times throughout the night that, yeah, maybe that person, person X, John Doe, let's say, maybe they're not quite the asshole that they that I perceive them to be in high school. Or maybe my high school judger was broken. Right. Because I was, you know, a nutty Christian in high school. Mm-hmm. I was full on tongue talking Jesus freak church attender. Right. So it was kind of a, a, a clarifying moment for me. Well, that... it took you long enough to have that moment. <laughs> well, because well, I feel like no, I... I don't I don't think about those people all the time to have had the moment. Mm, all right. That you makes know? sense. But yeah. Go ahead. Well, I've had a similar experience where I was close with people when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18. Oh, you mean like the opposite. You were close with them and now you're not. Right. Huh. Or even just people I knew of in high school. And I, I still hold this image of them, of who they were sure, at that sure. time. And it's not fair because I think of who I was at that time and how different I am now. And, you know, what's to say that they haven't completely changed who they are, too? Yeah. No, no, I, I get that. It's just I went to a very small school. So, you know, everybody, not just everyone in your class. You almost effectively know everyone in the school. I had what like do you se- mean, know them? Like well, have a personal relationship with them? Somewhat. I mean, not personal relationship. But when you have 74 kids in your graduating class of high school, that's a small school. Mm-hmm. How many do you have in your in your class? Um, around 500. Yeah. So, And I didn't have 74 kids in my class because... The rest of the class went on a field trip and died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every other class, freshman through senior, had roughly 70 to 85 kids in it. Right. So, you know, a very small school, 300 kids or something. Yeah. 320, I think, when I went. So, it's very strange. Well, it's just a small Idaho mountain town. Yeah, it's strange to imagine, I'm saying. Yeah. So anyway, it was very nice seeing my uh, my good buddy from high school and his lovely wife, and uh, him bringing me around to the realization, at least the conversation bringing me around to the conver- uh, to the realization that uh, maybe those people for whom I have ill thoughts are decent human beings now because they're grown up. And moreover, maybe my judgment of them in high school was askew because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What are you going to do? Apparently you grow up. You, yep. get, you get smarter or hopefully to. hopefully you do hopefully i did <laughs> all right well moving on with the show a uh, little bit of follow-up today was a big day for the likes of bo bergdahl um a little reminder a little refresher bo bergdahl was a guy who uh deserted his post while in afghanistan 
He was missing for five years, captive uh, by the Taliban for five years, and was recently, well, or as early as last year, rescued because of a prisoner swap that the Obama administration had orchestrated. And we have him back now. And there was a lot of uproar when it first happened. People were calling him a traitor, and there was a lot of rushing to judgment. And I think in the light of this, I really tried to admonish everyone to have cooler heads prevail, give the army or the military or the Department of Defense as a whole its time to do its due diligence, to do investigating, and they would come to the correct decision. And they, as early as 3.30 this afternoon, this March 25th, 2015, have come to that decision. I am Colonel Daniel J.W. King, spokesman for U.S. Army Forces Command, and I will provide you with a statement with regard to the Army's investigation of Sergeant Robert Beaudry Bergdahl's 2009 disappearance in Afghanistan. The U.S. Army Forces Command has thoroughly reviewed the Army's investigation surrounding Sergeant Robert Beaudry Bergdahl's 2009 disappearance in Afghanistan and formally charged Sergeant Bergdahl under the Armed Forces Uniform Code of Military Justice on March 25, 2015, with desertion, with intent to shirk important or hazardous duty, and misbehavior before the enemy by endangering the safety of a command, unit, or place, and has referred the case to an Article 32 preliminary hearing. So... As I predicted, now this has taken longer than I thought it should, and it, it uh, has taken uh, longer than I think a lot of people who are angry thought it should. But um, they did do their due diligence. They did their investigative work. They've come to the conclusion that he has uh, his misdeeds have risen to the level that he needs to be charged, and they're going to take care of it. The military doesn't want this guy to get away scot-free if he did commit a crime in the eyes of the UCMJ, or what is known as the UCMJ. It's the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Mm-hmm. So they, they're they doing the right thing. They're clearly not going to let him get away with what was a crime. Well, and now everyone who was in an uproar can feel at ease. Right. So they're going to refer this uh, to, to an Article 32, and a lot of people probably want to know... <laughs> as I did because I was not a military lawyer in my time in the Marine Corps. You already said it. Oh. Yeah. I, you already said it. I perked up ready to say yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Uh, so what exactly is an Article 32? An Article 32 preliminary hearing is a legal procedure under the Uniform Code of Military Justice designed to determine whether there is sufficient evidence to merit a court-martial and is required before a case can be tried by a general court-martial. Legal experts often compare an Article 32 preliminary hearing to a civilian grand jury inquiry. So it's kind of backwards because they've charged him and then they're referring this to the Article 32. And the way I, I don't know because I'm not a military law expert and I don't purport to be one. However, I did spend enough time in the military to kind of understand how shit works. Um, so they've charged him. They're, they're referring this to the military, quote-unquote, grand jury. 
And I guess if it, if they come back saying no, there's not enough evidence for an for for an official general court martial, then they would proceed with what would be called um, NJP or non-judicial punishment. I don't know exactly what that would be in the army, but that is what it is called in the Marine Corps and the Navy: non-judicial punishment, hmm. where the the unit commander can levy sanction against the soldier, the the marine, the sailor. And um, or the airmen. Sorry, I forgot that the Air Force was considered a branch of the military. <laughs> How dare you? Um, so then the commander would take would take uh, uh, legal action or or punitive action against uh, Bo Bergdahl. Um, so my feeling on this, and I'm making another prediction here. I think that this will go to court martial. He will be convicted, um, and if he is convicted. I guess the next question would be, what are the maximum penalties for the, the crimes for which he's been charged? There are potential punishments associated with the two charges. Article 85 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, desertion with intention to shirk important or hazardous duty, carries a maximum potential punishment of a dishonorable discharge, reduction to the rank of E1, total forfeiture of all pay and allowances, and a maximum confinement of five years. Article 99 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, misbehavior before the enemy by endangering the safety of a command, unit, or place, carries a maximum potential penalty of a dishonorable discharge, reduction to the rank of E1, total forfeiture of all pay and allowances, and possible confinement for life. So I know this is a serious issue, but can't that guy like jazz it up a little bit while he's <laughs> talking? I mean, I'm I'm like dozing off here. Well, he's reading. And maybe he's just taken aback by the fact that a family having a son, I think it's their only son, and he's born, and they name him Baudry. Mm-hmm. I think that's his middle name. Baudry Bergdahl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're bound to have a traitor on your hands when you name him Baudry. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's uh, it's an interesting name. It's very interesting. Uh, interesting. Baudry. Is the best word for No that. bueno. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of the Baudry. And we'll see what happens. I am not reserving judgment in this case. I do think that he is guilty. Um, I do think he should pay... I don't think you should spend life in prison, but listen, you don't get to walk away from your unit into the hands of the enemy, which would which would subsequently lead your unit on a rescue mission, several rescue missions or or search parties, um, which purportedly left some people dead in the, in the onset of those particular search parties. So uh, I believe him to be guilty. After um, the, the Army's findings that there's enough evidence to charge him. Great. Awesome. Let's move on. Um, let's not make this a left or right issue. It is, though. It's it's stupid that it is. And that's <laughs> all I have to say <laughs> about that. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. 
I wish the audience could see us while that music plays. <laughs> I wish they could see me waving and pumping my arms in the air like I'm all excited and ready to go for the next Dollamocracy segment. <laughs> and then I'm dancing in my you're, chair. You're doing like cocking your head like a like a rooster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I dance. So on this on this special edition of Dollamocracy, it's not really special. Everyone is special. We have a presidential election on our hands. Yeah, it's now underway since we have a we, one candidate. We have one official <laughs> candidate. Um, and he is the most popular official candidate for president. He is the most popular official candidate. Yeah, that's definitely factual. Because he's the only that official is, candidate. That's the only reason that's a factual That's state. right. So 538, the, the we love 538 Nate Silver here on this show. But 538.com compiled some data and kind of predicted or talked about, addressed, if you will, Ted Cruz's chances of winning the presidency of the United States. Well, they said that Cruz is more conservative than every recent nominee, every other candidate who mounted a serious bid in 2012, and every plausible candidate running or potentially running in 2016. Wow. And they kind of put together a little chart here, and they looked at three ideological measures. DW nominate common space scores, which are based on a candidate's voting record in Congress. Fundraising ratings based on who donates to a candidate. And ontheissues.gov dot org scores, excuse me, based on public statements made by the candidate. So they kind of pooled all these things together and then they determined how conservative these candidates are based sure. on voting. And Ted Cruz is the most conservative. Not surprising. Here's the deal. I don't even think that his positions are way out of line with what could be conceivable as a presidential candidate. It's not his views. His views do bother me. But it's not just his views that bother me. It's his... The guy cannot fucking play well with others. He doesn't get along with anybody. Large factions of the members with whom he serves in the Senate and the House of Representatives don't like this guy. So if you can't get along with those... Your co-workers, what kind of a leader are you? How is he going to lead this country... And lead Congress if members of his own party don't fucking like this guy. Right. And 538 talks about that, too. They said you can read article after article about how Cruz has isolated himself in the Senate. They say it has gotten so bad that he recently had to apologize to his Republican colleagues. And they say the Cruz hatred doesn't stop at the edges of the Senate cloakroom. Influential party actors dislike him, too. And the author notes that they can't remember a, another Republican who united Ann Coulter, Pat Robertson, Jennifer Rubin, and Thomas Sowell in opposition. Yeah. Well, they probably just don't like his voice. And what did John McCain call him? Oh, I don't know. Oh, something about a, a loopy bird or something? Wacko bird. A wacko bird. Yeah, right. John McCain calls him a wacko bird. <laughs> right. Well, so he, so here's the deal. It, it doesn't just apply and affect him relative to people liking him. It also comes down to support. And not just support for, like, uh, endorsements. It also comes down for fundraising. Because every one of these assholes in the Senate, Democrat and Republican, <laughs> almost, I'm not speaking factual, like, literally, 
But many, many, many of these people, they run their own PAC, their political action committee, which raises and dispenses money. Now, if 75% of the people in the Senate with whom you work, they have a PAC and they don't fucking like you, you're not going to get money. And they also have a network of supporters, a network of people who raise money. And if they get the word out that we don't like this guy, then he just doesn't have support. Right. So he's he's got a, a massive uphill battle. And these these are the reasons I didn't outline before when I said that the reason we don't cover him in our Dolomocracy segments, except for this one and the previous one, is because he's not a viable candidate. Right. And also because I just don't like his voice. The Obama administration. He's, I don't like it. Yeah. So 538 says that he is. And I'm just shallow enough to not like a guy because of his voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because a lot of people don't like me because of my voice. Yes. You pronounce things. <laughs> well, that was a that was an iTunes review. Yes. That I that I was it over pronounce. Uh, they, no, just, I, they had a problem with you pronouncing th- things. That I try to pronounce every word. Yeah. If you could cut back on the pronouncing every word. Now I got to look it up. Go ahead and uh, stall while I look that up. Okay. So 538 is talking about Cruz. Says Cruz is likely far too extreme ideologically to win the nomination. The Republican Party has a habit of nominating relatively moderate candidates. See John McCain in 2008 and Mitt Romney in 2012. That's especially the case when the party has been out of the White House for more than one term. 538 says a Cruz nomination wouldn't just break this streak, it would throw it off a 100-floor balcony and drop a piano on it. Wow, like a cartoon. Yeah, so how about I give the top five least conservative potential candidates that they have listed here on this this graph? On the Republican side. Right. Okay. And also... um, Because the least conservative candidates, you know, that's... That's Elizabeth Warren. That's Bernie Sanders. Okay, and these aren't all potential candidates now that I'm looking at what number two is. Um, So the first least conservative Mm -hmm. is Chris Christie. Second is Richard Nixon. Third is John Huntsman. Fourth is George H.W. Bush. And fifth is Bob Dole. Wow. Well, I would would agree with that. And those those were also, well, obviously candidates, but... um, it's it's not about for me it's not about the conservative and, and liberal thing. The reason we're not covering him. Because well, well, they're talking about how the 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 reason that he's most likely not going to win right, is right, because right. of how conservative he is. Right. And so he's the most conservative. Um, the, the the problem with that that I find though is that if you if you package your message correctly, even a conservative message is going to get you elected. You just got to do it right. You have to be the right candidate. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, I don't know about that. So so the top five most conservative candidates on this graph, um, Ron Paul, Herman Cain, Rand Paul, Barry Goldwater, and Ted Cruz. Yeah, and none of them uh, the, stand a chance in hell. I, I think that uh, Rand Paul does stand a chance to move further on I wouldn't state categorically that he there's not he's not going to be elected or even you know I, I don't know I think he's more electable and we'll be hearing from him probably the first week of April for sure we will the other thing that kind of bothers me about Ted Cruz is his uh, 
and this is kind of a weird thing to say, but his dad and his upbringing and his, he has some wild nutter butter genes in there relative to religion. And, um, I, I can't, uh, I can't square with that, you know? Yeah. He is a Southern Baptist. Yeah. Which is, (laughs) it's, that's nutty. Yeah, he's a Southern Baptist, and then Mike Huckabee is also a Southern Baptist. And well, he there has, you go. He's the one who uh, quit his Fox News show and has talked about throwing his hat in the ring. We haven't heard from him since that. That was a couple months ago. Yeah, well, he's given speeches and stuff. We just haven't had. Uh, we're not going to dedicate a lot of time to Mike Huckabee and, unless he goes off the rails and says something more um, against. Citizens of the United States who happen to be gay and he wants to take away their rights. That's when we'll cover what he says because really nothing he says is of any substance. He he thinks he has this charge, Mike Huckabee, has this charge from God to battle the atheists and to bring Christianity into the forefront as though it's not the dominant religion in our goddamn country. Right. So here's the religious breakdown of the prospective candidates. So we already said um, Ted Cruz and Mike Huckabee are Southern Baptists. Then we have Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker, who's doing pretty well yeah, uh, yeah. In, the, in the polling. Number two right now. Uh, he's a non-denominational evangelical. Goody. Dangerous. And then we have neurosurgeon Ben Carson, who is a Seventh-day Adventist. Nutter butter. There's and all kinds of wackiness there. Then we have Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, and Bobby Jindal and Rick Santorum for Catholics. Which is very odd that there's that many Catholics in the running. Very, very weird. That's not normal. Right. I mean, back in the day when Alan Keyes, who's a a prolific speaker and very popular among very conservative audiences, uh, a black guy, um, you got to say that because I'm describing him, right? Yeah. Or maybe just because I'm a filthy racist. Yes. Yeah. That must be it. (laughs) So anyway, Alan Keyes, also Catholic, and there's not been a slew, a cadre, a handful, a, what's another word for a lot of, or um, a grouping of? Uh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wordsmith. Brittany Page, everybody. Many. Yeah. <laughs> lots. With a Z. Tons. <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> So there hasn't been a, lo- a time that I can remember in, in my in my not so elevated age that there has been a, uh, many Catholics running at one time, multiple Catholics running at one time. Right. And of course, when JFK ran and he was a Catholic, right. people were concerned that he would be taking his orders from the Pope, which is interesting. Well, it's it's interesting to me for two reasons, because people were concerned that he'd be taking his orders from the Pope, but people aren't concerned when people admit that they are getting direction from God. Yeah. And then number two, uh, why aren't people still concerned about that? Well, I think it's probably because of the, the JFK. He passed the test. He was a guy. They were worried. He ran for office. Didn't take his orders from the Pope. And so, oh, okay, well, we cleared that up. Even though every single... Like, I would be more afraid that Santorum would take his marching orders from the Pope than I would... Um, who's another Catholic that you... Like Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. What's another one? Bobby Jindal. Bobby Jindal. Marco Rubio. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, but because when I... Maybe it's just me and everybody makes their own personal decision. But when I look at those people... 
Like when I look at Santorum, I think to myself, crazy Catholic, crazy Catholic. When I look at Jeb Bush, and maybe it's just because I just learned he's a Catholic and he converted as an adult, <laughs> I don't think crazy Catholic. Um, well, I think, well, you're, I don't know what crazy Catholic means, whatever that well, means Well, it means you, whatever's in my head. I, it doesn't, uh, there's no d- definition. When I hear Rick Santorum talk or when I see him, I just think he's very fundamentalist. So he's just very, he's out there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the phrase I would use. But all of this, you know, brings up an interesting conversation of, will there ever be an atheist president? And I think it's interesting because 13 million, nearly 6% of Americans, describe themselves as atheist or agnostic. And 33 million people, 14%, report that they have no particular religious affiliation. Right. So these numbers are growing. They're getting bigger. And eventually we're going to have a candidate who says, very, yeah. Very soon. I don't have a religious affiliation. I don't believe in God. Very soon. I would say within the next three to four presidential elections. And it's exciting. Well, here's the deal. The question, and we're, we're dragging this a little longer than I want, but the question is not necessarily um, when we'll have an atheist president, but let's take one step at a time. Let's worry about having a, a an atheist candidate, a serious atheist candidate first, and then see about having a president. Because even the thought of actually having a, 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 a uh, an atheist president is, it's pie in the sky until someone actually runs for president who has a... a a fucking chance of even getting the nomination. Well, you think Hillary Clinton is really religious? No. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say is I think we have had atheist president. I think we have an atheist president right now. I don't believe Barack Obama for one fucking second believes that there's a God in heaven who gives a shit about whether you're gay. I don't believe he believes that. I think he's too smart a guy. I think he's wrong on many, many things. Obviously. What? But he's too smart you do? to think that bullshit. Well, come on. Come on what? It's not about it's not necessarily about smarts. You know that. It's not an intelligence issue. There's many intelligent yeah, right, people that right, believe right. that. I get that. I get that. You are right. However, I don't measure him. When I look at that man and I and I try to suss him out, he's not a Christian to me. He's not a Muslim either. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. There may be some Pat Robertson or now his his brethren, Phil Robertson. Oh, yeah. That would hear that and be like, yeah, Jesse D knows what's up. (laughs) He's on our side, everybody. Yeah, I don't think our Kenyan-born Muslim president truly believes in God, Brittany. Yep. Robertson, happy. So speaking of atheism, uh, CNN last night, last night? Yeah. Last night ran a special... (laughs) Um, that's a lot of last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, CNN last night ran a... There it is again. CNN last night for the last time ran a, a special on atheism or atheists in America. And... Uh, <laughs> I was just going to do that noise as well. I It just... Goddamn. Yeah. Why, they can't get normal people. Why can't... Why didn't they come to my house and interview me? Yeah. I am... An atheist, an outspoken evangelical atheist. I am someone who has YouTube videos about the fact that I'm atheist and the the fact that you should be atheist and counter making points about being an atheist and against religion. And I consider myself a pretty normal person. Why couldn't they find they 
the people they found are just ugh, goddamn. Well, and a lot of the the spokespeople for atheism are a little embarrassing. Yeah. Um, you know. No, listen, I you know I have a problem. Several. Well, one, Richard Dawkins was on and is doing a hell of a job, a bang up job of trying to repair his image because he was really kid gloves in it with with uh, the reporter last night. And I think that's good because it puts a good face on atheism. And it puts a good face on the rest of us when, if there are spokesmen, don't be a dick. And that's the problem I have with David Silverman, the president of American Atheists, is something's switched off or switched on in his brain that should be the opposite direction. Why does he have his messaging uh, mechanism is in the off position? Yeah, I mean, he's just smug. He comes across as smug. And, you know, people who are who were watching that CNN special to learn about atheism, to see what this is all about. And then they hear this guy talking. And even I was turned off as an atheist. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want this guy representing me well, and, all, in my belief. Let me get shallow. Or lack of belief. Let me get shallow and stupid here. He's got his fucking mustard yellow Dwight Schrute shirt on under his suit. And he's just, he's not a charismatic figure. He does come across as smug. He comes across, look, you don't have to be a huckster. But take a couple courses at your local community college there, Mr. Silverman, in public relations, in some kind of communications class, because you're not getting it right. If you're going to be my spokesman, don't try to get the rest of America to hate you. Now Jesse D is trying to channel a little bit of Silverman, it looks like. Um, no, it just, you know what I mean? It's Listen, when America only has a couple of people to look to, to say, oh, well, when I think of atheist, I think of David Silverman. That's not good. Right. He can actually learn something from Joel Osteen. You know, there's, yeah, there's a reason. That's a terrible thing, but yes. There's a reason that Joel Osteen and people like him get such a huge following. And it's because they are gregarious and they have bright white teeth and giant smiles. And they're kind of like a caricature of themselves. And they, they're outgoing. They're personable. They are likable. Well, I mean, you don't even not have after to, you hear him talk. Listen, but, you don't even have to be smiley guy. Because a guy like Penn Jillette, who hates Penn Jillette? Who? That guy is a loving human being. He loves people. Right. And he's an atheist. He just doesn't believe in God. Right. He's not constructing billboards and Ugh. and in your face about every fucking thing. It's, That's the other thing. Listen, I, I understand, and I've heard uh, interviews with Silverman going on O'Reilly and talking about the fact that you have to get your points in because you only have a little bit of time, and O'Reilly's going to try to ambush you and the messaging's all skewed. I get that. I understand. But when you sit down with a CNN reporter, you don't have to come across as a prick because every other atheist that they interviewed came across very well. I also don't agree that just because you're on O'Reilly, you need to act a certain way. If he won't let you talk, then guess what? 
he's not going to let you talk you, and you shouldn't try to get the word in. It's you, what happened to Sam Harris when he was on Bill Maher. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Ben Affleck was angry and Sam Harris just kind of like shut down. Okay, you can start yelling and be angry and I'm just going to sit here and be quiet because I'm right. not going to argue with you. This is supposed to be a discussion, not a hostile situation. Right. And th then the other thing, and we'll get off this because I don't want to bash on David Silverman. I think he does... He's doing yeoman's work. It is important to have a spokesman out there. I just really wish that he would uh, take my advice and um, adjust the messaging a little bit. I understand it's got to be a tough job, but I just wish that they had a better public relations, media relations mechanism within the organization because I don't do think they're doing all that they can to represent me because when people think of me as an atheist, they they picture him, and I wish they'd do a better job. That's all. You know. The other thing on the episode that I thought was interesting, and I would really like to get the, the take of the audience. And before we go any further, I keep forgetting to mention the phone number every episode. 657-464-7609. That is our number. Call, leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. Or you can email idoubted at dollamore.com. Or if you are an international listener, you can record yourself on your smartphone for as long as you'd like and email it to idoubted at dollamore.com. The other, the other item, getting back to it, the other item is um, the atheist churches thing. This, this uh, gathering of atheists thing, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. I think it's weird. Is that because they were singing I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash? <laughs> oh, only and, you, Brittany Page. And that's only in like Viagra commercials and only stuff? Only you, Brittany Page, knows that Johnny Nash sang I Can See Clearly Now. The sun is sun is gone, sun is up, sun. I can see clearly You got it. You like that? Yeah. So um, I, I just don't get the atheist church thing. It's goofy to me. Yeah, I don't. I I would have no interest in it. I mean, they were showing it, and I don't know. It's a bummer because there are people who talk about wanting that community and wanting that connection with people. And when you you know step away from church, you lose that. And it is kind of nice when you're going to church and you have this community of people, and they're your friends, and you see them. Yeah, but why why do they have to model it? exactly like a church with, right with the worship service where you're just singing together who goes and sings together in a quiet room with a dude in the front playing a keyboard <laughs> churches do that why if you're going to have an atheist get together why can't it be just like on meetup like that meetup app where oh we're going to get together we're going to uh, come and hang out at the coffee shop and we're going to just talk it doesn't have to be an atheism we're just going to be in a group of people together who are relatively like-minded right and i say relative because i'm not like all atheists just because i don't believe in the existence of a god that's all it means i, I don't know I, I just think it's weird i think basing your group of people that with which you hang out around the fact that you don't believe in god yeah, I, well, and we've talked about going to atheist events and having a real hard time with it. Because, Identifying with those people, yeah. Because a lot of times people are very aggressive and um, kind of angry and loud and very just 
I don't know, very, no, very, very in your face with it. Yeah. And they're in everybody's face with it. You just want to kind of be normal and relax and right. everything's okay. And you can still have this viewpoint, but it doesn't need to be something you talk about all the time. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's goofy. So this theme music used to be for <laughs> for Pat Robertson, but I, I'm not going to do that anymore because we don't talk about him as much. He's probably going to be dead in six months because he's old as shit. He is. And he's for sure going to heaven. But So I'm going to use this music for times like this where we're talking about guys like this. This just so happens to be someone with the same surname. Surn- mm-hmm. Surname's last name, right? Yes. So Phil Robertson recently spoke um, at an event where people paid $100 to hear this hillbilly spew his hatred and vile ignorance. And he really showed his complete lack of understanding about exactly what atheists believe about morality. And in doing so... Um, tells a little story and concocted a little tale that was troubling, to say the least. Just like you can't see in your sin problem. Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know, this conscience thing. I mean, we just, we just dreamed it up. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no good. There's no evil. I'll make a bet with you. Two guys break into an atheist home. He has a little atheist wife Uh. and two little atheist daughters. Two guys break into his home and tie him up in a chair and gag him. And then they take his two daughters in front of him and rape both of them and then shoot them. And they take his wife and decapitate her head off in front of him. And then they can look at him and say, isn't it great? To not have to worry about being judged. Isn't it great that there's nothing wrong with this? There's no right or wrong. Now is it, dude? And then you take a sharp knife and take his manhood and hold it in front of him and say, wouldn't it be something if this was something wrong with this? But you're the one that says there's no God, there's no right, there's no wrong. So we're just having fun. We're sick in the head. Somebody's sick in the head. Have a nice day. If it happened to them, they probably would say something about this. It just ain't right. So that went downhill very rapidly. Oh, yeah. Well, what I did notice, and, you know, credit to the audience, as soon as he started talking about the atheist family, and he's got his little atheist wife, and he's got his two atheist daughters... And everybody's chuckling. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, funny. He's uh, going he's gonna to rip on the atheist. And then as soon as he goes into the rape and the decapitating her head off, <laughs> I don't. that's a little redundant, guy, <laughs> if you're going to decapitate somebody's head off. <laughs> if you can decapitate it off, can you decapitate it back on? According to him, probably yes. I think he must just think that the word decapitate means to cut. <laughs> I think decapitate, and I'm not the smartest man, Brittany Page, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think it means to cut someone's head off. You know, you should really question yourself, though, because <laughs> this man is an intellectual powerhouse. Powerhouse. So. Yeah. So so it, it, as soon as he got into that, though, and with the gruesome, gruesome details, the audience shut the fuck up. They stopped with their jovial, <laughs> their laughter. They stopped. Well, how how could you have any other reaction but just... H- horror? Yeah, what is happening <laughs> right now? Like, this person is crazy. What a maniac this person is. Talking about cutting the guy's dick off and, and, sh- and sh- wagging it in his face. Yeah, it was just out of control. I mean, what goes on in this guy's head? But first of all, I, I have to really wonder if he genuinely believes what he was saying. I think he does. Or if he's just trying to, like, brainwash the masses. I, I don't. I think that he is. Look, we played clips on this show about him talking about um, ISIS and how they need to be murdered or Muslims. And he's he's his crazy gun toting. It's he's a nut. I, I really, truly believe he he believes it with everything within him that he believes this. It's also, listen, it's telling that he he doesn't know even the basics. Look, I'm an atheist. You're an atheist. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that rape and murder and decapitating someone's head off is okay. That is wrong. No. That is that is that is terrible. That is immoral. Yes. You don't do that. Yes. Maybe I should send him a copy of The Moral Landscape by Sam Harris. Right. Or or The Moral Arc mm-hmm. by Michael Shermer mm-hmm. to show him what atheists do believe about morality. That there are things that you can do that are wrong. There is wrong and right. It's just not based on your objective morality. Based on your, your Bronze Age and Iron Age God who also said that slavery was okay. And then if a virgin is raped, the rapist needs to pay the father 50 shekels of gold, or silver, excuse me, and then the rape victim must marry her attacker. She must marry, and this is ordered by God, your moral giver, your morality, your lawgiver. It's it's just it's fucking ludicrous. So what's most problematic to me whenever people talk this way is that they are failing to see that they are admitting that they cannot be moral without God. Yes. And that's frightening. I'm sorry. But but if he really thinks that without God telling him that he shouldn't rape people, that he would just be raping people. But he would be one of those guys in the house. Like, I'm terrified. Decapitating her head off. I'm terrified by that. Yeah, well, Because we... you shouldn't need someone to tell you that or the threat of hell <laughs> right. to keep you from doing that. Right. We don't want this guy joining our ranks of atheists because he might go on a, a, on a raping, mayhem, bloodletting, killing spree. Well, and it reminds me of when people say that atheists have nothing to live for. And there's a Mm -hmm. Ricky Gervais quote where he says, it's actually that atheists have nothing to die for. They have everything to live for. Right. Because they don't believe that they're going to be rewarded. They don't believe that anything's going to happen. This is the only life we have. You need to make the most out of it. Right. And so that's that kind of goes in line with what he's saying. You know, atheists don't believe anything's going to happen. And this is all we get. So why would we waste our time 
being hateful, hurting other people, being hurt. Right. That's not something that that we want. I'm a good person without incentive. I don't have the promise of worshiping God for eternity in heaven. I say that tongue in cheek because that sounds like a terrible time, but I don't have that. I'm a good person because I want to be a good person. I want to leave the earth and and my progeny in in a better situation than when I leave this planet. So I don't know. I, listen, I, I think he's a terrible person. I don't I don't believe either way. Even if he doesn't believe it, but he's just trying to manipulate, that makes him a terrible person. And if he truly believes it, that also makes him a terrible person. Well, and I'm I want to say I'm not like offended by this because I oh, just think offended. it's such a joke that I can't even take it seriously and it's not my problem if someone thinks this way. It's not my problem no. if someone he, Here is here is the problem. Here is it, how it is your problem is that he's speaking to a crowd of people who paid $100 each to listen to him say this. Okay, yeah. There are That's a problem. <laughs> millions of people who believe this same crazy shit that he believes. It's not just one dude who oh let's go listen to the hillbilly talk it's there are many 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 of these people who believe the same crazy bullshit speaking of crazy bullshit there right there that is a segue Brittany page shoot the gays or officially known as the sodomite suppression act there was a lawyer named mac mclaughlin a Huntington Beach, California. This is our backyard, everybody. This is five miles away. He sent a, a request for a ballot measure to the Secretary of State or the Attorney General. I believe it would be Attorney General of the state. In which he, he wants the California voters to vote on a proposition that would allow people to shoot homosexuals in the head and kill them. Yeah, so I was going to say I don't think it's in the head, but then I read, oh, yep, it's in the head. Um, it's definitely in the head. So he paid a $200 filing fee on February 26th to submit the Sodomite Suppression Act to the voters, declaring it is, quote, better that offenders should die rather than all of us should be killed by God's just wrath. Because if God kills us all because there are gays, that is just God damn. So this this uh, initiative would require that anyone who touches a person of the same gender for sexual gratification be put to death by, quote, bullets to the head or by any other convenient method. So that's right. helpful. Um, so the measure would also make it a crime punishable by 10 years in prison and permanent expulsion from the state to advocate gay rights to an audience that includes minors. It specifies that its constitutionality can be judged only by a state Supreme Court that has been purged of LGBT justices <laughs> and their advocates. And it authorizes private citizens to step in as executioners if the state fails to act within a year. Another provision would require that the text of the initiative be posted prominently in every public school classroom. So here's the deal. We're not going to obviously give this any fucking credence. We're not going to give it any discussion. We're not going to give it any merit relative to an intellectual analysis of what his theory is. Here's what we're going to do. Matt McLaughlin, Huntington Beach lawyer... He can be reached at 949-285-7902. Why not let him know what you think about the Sodomite Suppression Act? 
we've had several listeners contact us about this and want us to know uh, and talk about the fact that they think he should be disbarred. And I'm not sure that he should be disbarred for having wacky opinions. I don't know. I, I He does have the freedom of speech. He has the freedom to express his hateful, vile, terrible opinions. And what's great about it is he's a lawyer. And if, how is he going to make money? 949-285-7902. That is his phone number. Talk to him. Let him know what you think. Jam his phone. You know? Well, also, that's how that works is... You get his name out. You get the information out about him. Right. No one wants to work with him. No one wants to deal with him. And he has ruined his own life. He's making himself a pariah. What you just said was perfect. He's ruining his own life. It's not me that's ruining his life by giving his phone number, 949-285-7902. It's not me. It is him. He is the one who paid the $200 filing fee. He is the one who has brought the Sodomite Suppression Act to the voters of California. It has now been approved to get signatures to see whether it meets the, 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 the bar to become a ballot initiative. So let's let him try to get his signatures. But in the meantime, don't be afraid to call him. At 949-285-7902. Matt McLaughlin. Well, this measure is currently before the California Attorney General. And her options appear limited. So he's already paid the fee. And state law directs the Attorney General to prepare a title and a maximum 100-word summary of the initiative and forward it to the Secretary of State for a 90-day period where public signature gathering will occur. And... So the the attorney general is scheduled to take these actions and forward it to the secretary of state on about May 4th. Right. So it's still going to be a while before uh, more advancement. Oh, so it's not official that they're going to start gathering signatures. No. Okay. Well, I don't even care if it gets that far. I no, mean, the fact that he's even put this out here. It's awesome. Right. It's It's labeling himself with a big, the scarlet letter. Big Scarlet P for Prick Britain. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. So once again, before we move on, Matt McLaughlin, Huntington Beach lawyer, 949-285-7902. So moving on. So a school in New York State has apologized for a program where they were having the students learn the Pledge of Allegiance in different languages, and they are apologizing for having the pledge read in Arabic. The school's foreign language department arranged for the pledge to be read in a different language each day for a week. Complaints were received from people who lost family in Afghanistan and from Jewish parents, an official said. Neither the U.S. nor New York State has an official language. The school district superintendent, Joan Careborn said that the Arabic pledge had, quote, divided the school in half and that she had received numerous complaints. A statement from the district apologized, quote, to any students, staff, or community members who found this activity disrespectful and said the reading was intended to, quote, promote the fact that those who speak a language other than English still pledge to salute this great country. It's an awesome thought. It really is a great thought. And here's the deal. I wonder 
this is this is I think this is a great thing that this happened. I wonder if the reason that they're offended is that while they're saying the pledge, this just came to me, <laughs> is that while they're saying the pledge, the part that comes up that's under God, if they have to say Allah, does that all of a sudden make it a terrible thing? Because you have to say Allah and not God? Because that's the word. That's the word. Right. If that's the case, then more of this needs to happen. Because it shines a light on the fact that religion shouldn't fucking be in school. It shouldn't be there at all. The word God shouldn't appear in the Pledge of Allegiance for, for students, for children, in public school. And if one religion is being favored over another based on the language, that's a problem. Well, and the uh, this article ends, I think it's very funny, by saying Arabic is not widely spoken in Afghanistan, where the major <laughs> languages are Dari and Pashto. Pashto, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of funny because yeah. people complained and said, <laughs> right. I don't want this happening. I had family members die in Afghanistan. Yeah, they don't well, it's... They're like, yeah, it's not widely spoken there, so you can relax. Your, it's not widely spoken at all. The religious, uh, your religious, um, like your pastors, your... Your imams, your your sheikhs. I, I mean, they're those different words have a different significance within Sunni and Shia. And I'm not a, a an Islam expert, but um, your religious officiants, people who are are you know of the cloth, men of the cloth in 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 Islam, they will speak Arabic because in Arabic or in Islam, it is believed to be the only true way to read the the Quran. So people who are, you know, in it, they, they know Arabic. But your regular dudes and your regular gals, they're not speaking Arabic in Afghanistan. So uh, wacky, but, you know, interesting nonetheless. It's the asshole of today. Did you think that you'd never hear from George Zimmerman again? <laughs> well, no, because we keep seeing him commit crimes and get arrested. Yeah, he, this guy just can't... Listen, uh, th there's, a, there's a funny scene where Dave Chappelle plays a comedian on... What's that? Mad Scientist? Pet Scientist? Weird Science? No, what's the movie with... with, uh, <laughs> with uh, God damn, we're going to fuck this all up. Uh, the Nutty Professor. That's right. I have never seen that. Well, there's, so. a, there's a scene in that movie where Dave Chappelle, comedian Dave Chappelle, plays a comedian who says, you can't stop a woman from shopping. Uh, he acts all crazy. Women be shopping, baby. <laughs> Women be shopping. Well, apparently you can't stop George Zimmerman from beating his fucking girlfriend or wife. Yeah, he's been arrested a couple of times for that. By the way, that was the longest way around to get to that punchline or to get to that point. I don't feel like it was worth it. No. No. It was very indirect. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to remedy it. What? Wow. What What was that again? You're going to criticize my way around the joke again? Hmm? I had something happen. Hmm? Mid-word. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway... Uh, the reason that George Zimmerman is the asshole of today and not the asshole of the century is because of this particular interview. Is it an interview? Well, what was it? 
he's just talking, just playing. Who do you think brought the highest level of unfairness to your personal situation? By far, the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. He had the most authority, and in that sense, I would hold him in the highest regard, believing what? that he would hold that position and do his absolute what? hardest to not inflame racial tensions in America. Um, unfortunately, after even Jay Carney, his press secretary, stated in a White House briefing that the White House would not interject in a local law enforcement matter and at most a state criminal matter, President Obama held his uh, Rose Garden speech stating if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. To me, that was clearly a dereliction of duty, pinning Americans <laughs> against each other solely based on race. Is he kidding? Is he kidding? That's I guess that's my only question. Um, I don't think he's kidding. That guy is. Oh my god! This is first of all. Anytime anybody says Barack Hussein Obama, right? They're only being a dick, right? You know how he feels about him. Right. We get it. Yeah. Go kill another kid. <laughs> don't. Well, he, you know, no, he yeah, might. Don't do that because he actually might do that. Go beat another woman. No, oh, wait. no. we'll do that too. Go drive fast in Texas with a gun in your car. Oh, no, wait. He, God damn. Yeah, he'll do yeah. that as well. Um, just don't do anything. Just sit still and shut up. How about that? Why don't you just be a fat, stupid turd? So. He'll do that too. <laughs> I don't think he has a choice in that either. So my thing is with this is this guy, speaking of tone deaf and messaging issues, George Zimmerman and whoever did this video for him are completely out of their fucking minds because all they had to do is rewatch what they had just taped and realized, one, much of what he said didn't make any sense. Two, you can buy very cheap teleprompter programs for a computer to have him read a statement if you'd like. And three, who in the fuck does he think he is to put forth a message about racial unity and racial division in our country. It's disgusting. Completely tone deaf. Taking care of biz. Angelina Jolie. And we don't often talk about celebrities. Yeah. But... It's a good one, though. Right. And so she, two years ago, wrote a column in the New York Times about how she had a preventative double mastectomy. And now she has had her ovaries and fallopian tubes removed. Preemptively. Preemptively. Yeah. Um, here's, here's my thing with this whole thing. And the reason that she, I'm assuming that you picked her to be the Taking Care of Biz segment. Um, it's a bold, who can criticize her? And she's getting criticism, a lot of widespread criticism. I mean, it's internet criticism, so take it for what it's worth, but, uh, it's brave. I mean, she's, she went through genetic testing the way I understand it. And it's, she's looking out for herself. She's not saying this is what all women should do. But it was based and predicated, the decision, 
on scientific genetic testing. Right. So she had a simple blood test that revealed that she carried a mutation in one of her genes and it gave her an estimated 87% risk of breast cancer and a 50% risk of ovarian cancer. And she lost her mother, grandmother, and aunt to cancer. And so she had that preventative surgery two years ago, but then recently she got a call and her doctor told her that she had some inflammatory markers that were elevated and taken together, it could be an early sign of cancer. And so she panicked and, well, she didn't panic because she was very, you know, very metered about calculated, it, yeah. right, um, about her decision. But she decided to go through with this. And like you said, she's very upfront that, hey, this isn't the best for everybody, but this is what I'm doing. And this is a possible option that someone may want to take. So I'm going to write about my experiences so that other people will know this is an option. If you like the sound of this or you think that this is something that you'd want to do, this is how it would go. Might not be for you. If it's not, don't worry about it. Right. In her official statement, she said something very, very similar to what you just said in that this worked for me. It may not work for everyone, but if it does, it's certainly a choice. And that's who could ask for anything more from a role model to say, look, it worked for me. That's great. It might not work with you. You need to talk to your health professional to find out. Um, but what a brave thing. Look, I, I'm i not a, a celebrity worshiper in, in the slightest. In fact, I think my default position is to make fun of the, them because it's so easy. Right. And I always take the easy way out. I think right. I've, I've evidenced that in this very episode. <laughs> but I, uh, I admire her. And you know what? She's looking out for the well-being of her children who are now likely not to lose their mother early because of the action, the, the drastic, some would think, action that she's taken. Right. And she said in this this latest article, I know my children will never have to say my mom died of ovarian cancer. And I actually saw a comment that someone wrote and said, what if you're hit by a bus tomorrow? And I just uh, thought, like, Really? Like, it's conflating. It's that's a jackass thing to say. Well, you know what? What if what if a meteorite? What if a meteor hits the, the Earth tomorrow and we're all dead? Who cares? What is that? Well, what if What if Jesus comes back tomorrow, Brittany? I know it's just very critical for no reason. I mean, she's doing right. this with the best intentions. You know, it's for her kids, and she's trying to stay here as long as possible. And just just shut up. How about well, that? I think it. A lot uh, that might be of the same vein of a lot of a lot of the rape threats that we hear all the time, and I know that's not the same. I'm not saying it's a rape threat, but it is. It's someone who oh, I can get one over on a celebrity. They're in power. Everybody knows them. I'm a nobody. If I act like an asshole, then I look like the powerful one. It's people on the internet, man. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no There's no point in trying to understand them. There's no point in trying to. Uh, deduce what their what their motivations were so right because they're dicks yes dirty filthy dicks britney page 100 percent factual <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna end it there before we do i just want to give matt mclaughlin's number one more time 949-285-7902 that is the guy to call in huntington beach and let him know what you think about his Sodomite Suppression Act, otherwise known as Shoot the Gays Ballot Measure. 
listen, we love you and appreciate you. Every single one of you, if you just go to the website to listen to the show, an easier way to do it is to find a podcatcher, whether it be the iTunes podcatcher on your iPhone or whatever method by which you would subscribe to a podcast and subscribe to the show in iTunes because that would just be delivered to you almost like magic twice a week through the interwebs. It's a good thing. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week after having subscribed and reviewed the show on iTunes, you can go to dollamore.com and on the side of the page there, there's an Amazon search bar where you can buy a book, you can buy kitchen knives, you can buy recipe books, I'm looking around the room. You can buy microphones. You could buy your own podcast equipment. That would be almost like an irony, wouldn't it, Brittany? It would be very expensive as well. Yes. <laughs> well, not necessarily. If you bought the equipment we have, it would be on the expensive side. Right. But not necessarily. Okay. You know, you could sound like one of those movie reviewer video game podcasts of the guys who live down in their Paris basement. Yeah, I guess you could just do it through your laptop, too. Right. It would sound like shit, but you could have a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who am I to judge? This sounds like shit to a lot of people, I bet. No. No? Not possible. I'm thinking of my, my voice is again. The, right, the pronunciation. The, I pronounce too many words. So... That's it. We love you. Again, 657-464-7609. That's my number, not Matt McLaughlin's number. Sound off. Also, if you'd like your promo played at the top of the show, talking about how you hate the show and never listen, tell us who you are, where you're from, and whatever message you'd like. Make it about 12 seconds or so. Again, 657-464-7609. Or... You can record yourself on your smartphone and email it to idoubtit at dollamore.com. That's it. Until next time, everybody, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. The President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. credit card bill.